Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. And let's hit them with a takeaway message of the day. Sending emails. I want to talk a lot about how people and what is appropriate to send an email. I think business writing has been a huge focus of mine lately. And I think effective communication and One of the tools that I think we actually use too much is email. So I'm just going to give some tips on how do you write better on emails. So one of the things I've been taking a, like a business writing course, just have it on lynda.com and I'm trying to kind of up the game a little bit. And what, what I've always talked about and I think is important is to communicate basically one message with your email. So instead of trying to communicate a number of different messages, it's one message and it should not be more than four lines. You should have kind of name, kind of bullet point one or opener. You should have kind of the main content and then a, a action item and that's it. And so I think that business writing has been really important. And what we've talked about is today we think a lot of younger people are using too much email. So they're relying too much on email as communication. And so there's a lot lost in the shuffle. And I think that um, there's a lot of things that you miss when you do email communication. And we were sitting in an office of a big company and we're kind of partnering on something now. And everybody was firing emails off like crazy. I got included on some of their threads now and they are, it's like chat through email and it is so discombobulated. I mean, I had 26 emails in like two hours cause I was in a meeting and it was like, you know, edits to a document. It was Jeez. just like very, you know, to me it's like, it was abusive. It, it was over the line. Mm-hmm over the line. And I think we're to, so I, was, I got out on the phone with one of the executives and he, I was just kind of teasing him about it. I was like, looks like you guys are managing your work by email over there. Just kind of like poking him Cause he's, what did he say? He's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Huh? He's like, he's like, I, I just want it to be like, if it takes more than two emails, set up a damn meeting or, or you if know, you like, can't explain it in five lines, you need to set well, up like, a what are we doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like call the person or do something that like in the long run, it will improve or it will increase the amount of time that people spend. And these emails went over for two hours. Yeah. A lot of people mistake working for, for emails. I mean, mm-hmm. people think that emailing is considered work. Yeah. And, and I, my, in my job description, nowhere does it say, email and respond really quickly when people email you well you know at some companies it's Uh, a contest to see who can respond first definitely i i would be more impressed if i saw a company where it wasn't a competition to respond first i know honestly it's so funny because i think except i mean even dev shops like dev shops responding first on slack or on the intra-office communication thing or on skype for business is also a indication of readiness professionalism yeah Mm -hmm. totally i'm i'm here well i think the the millennials and people that are younger that there's like an obsession of being connected at work all the time and being available 
Like was, that's a big thing is. It was an obsession with being connected and available on all fronts, not mm-hmm. just your workplace, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Mm-hmm. Everybody is pretty much plugged in all of the time. I, I was sending emails. I have gotten to the point where um, a, f- a colleague of mine is on vacation. She's out of the country and I didn't preface the email with, hey, this isn't a priority. You know, I mean, it's some menial ass dumb thing that I just didn't want sitting on my plate. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to just push it over to her and see if she, you know, so it's in her inbox and she can deal with it. Mm-hmm. By no means need an immediate response. Nobody was dying. Yeah. But she's sitting in wherever, you know, in the sun, firing them back. Mm-hmm. Boom. Got a response within like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And I, I, I almost was, I almost said, please don't respond. Enjoy your vacation. But I was also like, I mean, fuck, you're the one who's deciding to do this. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. So whatever. I mean, yeah, fine. If you want to participate, to... go yeah. ahead. Throw your hat in the ring. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been in that same position when I've been on vacation, and it's just it's just an odd, it's just an odd obsession. I think it goes back to the fact that a lot of people are just really uncomfortable in their own skin and uncomfortable being not constantly pinged for attention uh, because that implies worthlessness. Well, we I, I mean, mean we've it, had this conversation before. Everybody is trying to change their human experience. They're trying to be at a different place than they are. You know, like we are filling our heads with a lot of different stuff. And I think you said it best is like all the problems in humanity stem from men not being able to be by himself. You know, like they. Yeah, I don't think I came up with that quote, but no, I appreciate you didn't. the attribution. No, <laughs> no, no. Adam Owen Bay yeah, underscore. Exactly. Somebody yeah. else said that. That was very famous as a philosopher. But what it yeah. really was is. This is something that I think we as a human race, it's not a feature, it's a bug. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is a feature for us that is, we want to consistently fill our heads with stuff and it's, we're going, we're on the, we're on the too far full now. Well, and I'm of the camp that, um, I guess fairly recently, I don't know if you look at life in general, in terms of like a um a scale there's always sort of a balance right there's Mm -hmm. there's good and evil there's light and dark there's positive and negative there's pushing on something and it pushing back on you with equal and opposite force there's the second law of thermodynamics or is the third that energy cannot be created or destroyed so essentially what you're dealing with is a zero-sum game of energetic potential or energy Right. So when we make all of these these strides in the general direction of improving medicine and quality of life and comfort and, you know, social support and, you know, less hate and less war and less violence. um, As we proceed down that general side of the scale I think that there is always this other equal and opposite force on the scale of the life balance or the universe balance that is all of the negative stuff associated with it. And I think what we're talking about right now is some of the negative associated traits with pervasive connection, you know, Mm -hmm. these are the consequences of that advancement. And I think like, 
as humanity continues to progress on this sort of trajectory, the swings are going to get ever more um, severe. I think it has the, the potential to be more severe. The environment is a very obvious example that is like shooting us in the face right now. Mm-hmm. We are in an era of climate extreme climate change towards extremism not necessarily global warming sure yes the planet is getting hotter which leads which to which has been happening since and then the, the dawn of time uh-huh and then like the ice when age. it gets too hot and everybody dies and then it'll get really effing cold <laughs> you know what i mean it's just the continuum of the progression of things so um and and we're feeling it in this climate extremism which is the worsening of storms the you know all of these kind of like more punctual events and i think that's the political cycle very very similar tone to this sort of extremist type of behavior where people are distancing themselves because we've created a larger platform on which to stand we no longer actually have to be arm in arm working together. I mean, if you're in a tribe, think about it. You're roaming around the desert or the woods and you've got your 50 to 75 people. You're probably going to be pretty well aligned on how to get food, water, and shelter. Not a whole lot of dissent there, right? And if there is, that guy's he's, he's going to get left behind yeah, or gal. Yeah, they'll be left out. And mm-hmm. and now, so what What platform those people are standing on is rather small mm-hmm. in the scheme of things. They're not considering that many, that, that really wide amount of inputs, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're standing on similar ground. And right now we've basically worked so hard at expanding the ground that everybody stands on. And then all of a sudden we're just shouting at each other from the outskirts of all of these different places trying to get attention trying to get Mm -hmm. attention trying to get the trying to say hey you should come over to our side of the pie our side of the pie is better let's dig here let's dig this pie Mm -hmm. deeper and wider because i'm of this social group and it's just this giant this is giant i mean it's it's an auction well it's it's it's, an auction of attention and we've been warring over land before and now it's like the war of attention it is the war of attention that Mm-hmm. Or I mean, yeah, the battles of attention. Mm-hmm. That's the new thing, and there's so many different strategies of like how do we gain people's attention or gain their time. Mm-hmm. And you think of the business model of all of the successful companies today. It's give everything away for free and profit off of attention. the attention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right now, the most valuable commodity. It well arguably energy which drives this attention infrastructure is someone's attention because behind that attention is the ability to influence m- influence make and a purchasing so. decision mm-hmm. yeah and that's spend money and there, uh, yeah <laughs> you know? it, get, it gets down to shareholder value <laughs> it's just a more so- yeah it's just a more sophisticated one degree of freedom further kind of mm-hmm way instead of being like oh you're hungry well it's i'm yeah, selling it's the, food the basic ha, ha, ha. need the it's basic like, oh, need is met you want to be an idol you want to be an object of people's idolization or you want to be an object of 
you do know, you want to build rocket ships to send people into Mars? You know, like these are it's it's like the farther ideas are starting to be the ones that are getting everybody's attention because they're farther ideas and because they generate interest mm-hmm. that naturally curious humans are like, well, what is that? And it's like that's why the clickbaity articles worked for a while. It's not as successful now mm-hmm. because we've passed out because you learn you evolve you learn like all right i've seen 50 of these articles i know this is stupid mm-hmm. you know so then you move on to the next thing which is you know what is the next now now right now it's the coronavirus kick yep which we've had i think somebody sent a text that was um like sars every year there's been one of these things sure and this is like more of a farther extrapolated version of that. But again, it's like, this is the attention that people are getting. So it's going to be put on absolute steroids. You know, how do we, because of this war of attention, it's now the new disease or the new thing goes from, you know, Oh, this is a, this is something we need to do. Just wash your hands to like, you know, a daily death count. I mean, it's like, that's aggressive. And it's like, what if we did that for every disease possible? I think it would be so different. It's like, what is, what is the nature of causing the daily death count? It's like, well, what if we look at influenza B, you know, I've been speaking with a lot of physicians that have said influenza B is extremely dangerous Hmm. and I don't have the figures to quote it. And there's probably tons of articles all over the place, but it's like where the war of attention is one because this is the new thing. It is. There's cheap travel prices. I actually, some, one of the developers on our team posted this Norwegian cruise that was usually going at $1,200 per ticket. And they were selling them for three ninety nine. Well, a cruise right now. A you're, cruise right you're, now. You gotta be. You gotta be a complete. Oh my god! Bonehead. You are an extreme athlete if yeah. you're gonna go. I mean, you. Your immune system is that is the ultimate. Full. That is the ultimate test. We got yeah. we got all these Red Bull athletes going and jumping off. You know, no, buildings. it's a battle of immunity. You want this you, is you want extreme in twenty twenty. <laughs> Buy a cruise ship ticket. Go on a cruise in Japan. Go, <laughs> go on a yeah. Japanese cruise line. Yeah, Survivor. Is uh, that the next reality TV show that's going to come out? Fox News. Fox News. Uh, or the U, the UPN network. It could be. I don't know. Survivor is going to take a real serious turn. The mm. coronavirus edition. That would be... Hawaii. I mean, <laughs> Oh man, that takes another level of, um, I don't know, you go there with your coffee and your vitamin C, you get that airborne going, who knows what you can handle, mm-hmm. right? You never know. You might be able to stroll through the streets of Wuhan yeah. as long as you got, you just, you get a, uh, you get a camelback, fill that base, fill that baby with Pedialyte, couple tablets of airborne and some nice good old Shell Lake uh, water. Sh- Shell Lake well water. Well Ooh, water. Tell you what, you are going to be skipping through there. You're gonna, yeah, you'll be basically floating on top of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You'll be you'll be walking on a cloud. Yeah, bring your ice skates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that it's uh it's such a kind of interesting time to see when you look at all of those. I think kind of generally mass hysteria things how it's gotten progressively worse and it goes but 
And it's it's, it's the another war of one attention. Of, exactly. It's the war of attention. It's one of these peripheral items that has garnered the attention of humanity and the figures are okay, South Korea's um so the the death rate for influenza is about 0.02 percent. Mm. 0.02 folks percent of folks who come who con, uh, come into contact with influenza die. Coronavirus in China is two percent. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus in South Korea is about 0.5 percent. Folks mm. die. So still, you know, fairly notable A in terms of double yeah, 20 percent roughly or 20 20 times more people are dying um so if you're in if your immune system is compromised by any means if you've been a 40 year smoker or whatever like you may not i mean you i would be very concerned but um you know the reality is if you you certainly do a lot more to protect yourself I, i i'll be honest i've been washing my hands a lot have you nope I have, but I this year um, became an, I became an extremely avid hand washer. Hmm. I used to think that uh, I was beefing my immune system up by not washing my hands very often. So, how has have you been getting sick? Zero. There you go. Not once. I think. I just so saw I'm I'm more of a it's a system that's already. I don't knock on wood just for the just so everybody knows. For me, it's a system that's built in. Like, I already have the hand-washing system built in. It's not like I do it when I need to. Well, Airports, I, yep, bathrooms, totally. yep. public bathrooms. I went to... Sometimes I'll even do it if, I, like if I'm at a work site or a public place. I'll do it after that. I've, I, I'm, uh, I'm encroaching on obsessive. I will say that. Shake hands. If you've ever been in a hospital, shake though, hands. they are obsessive. Shake hands, washing them. Touching doorknobs, washing them. Going to eat anything at all, washing them. Hmm. Wash my mug before I drink in the day. If I notice I touch my my mug, the tip of it so hits you've not the door handle. Because uh, you've had nope. some, like days where you're usually knocked out a little bit sure but usually i contract like a pretty solid flu or cold at least once if not twice a year so that's what you you think that's a pretty good i read a study that said there was a 43 percent reduction in um the transmission of the common cold simply by washing your hands five or more times a day Hmm. Okay. Well, that's the number then. That's that's a number, you know. But well, I just mean like that's a a number to shoot for. It's a number to shoot for, and I I Implement even started a system. You start looking at the infrared, uh, you know. It's like a black pictures. light, but different. Yeah. yeah, or it could be the black light pictures of people's hands after. 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds of hand washing. Apparently, you got to go 30 seconds and watch out for your middle fingers. What types of soaps? That's the dead zone right there. That types of soaps. I haven't got into it yet. That's the longest one, so. I haven't got into I haven't got into types of soaps, you know. So if you go into if you go into a coffee shop in Amsterdam and you're, you know, using the uh, you know, the mucus of a of an elephant or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how um 
antibacterial those are. Because then, uh, you know, I go back to the old like, well, do you want to use antibacterial soap? Because then you're ingesting antibacterial chemicals, which are destroying your microbiome. Versus, oh, no, it, it opens up a whole new, yeah, whole new thing. It's a whole bag of tricks, and it's it's really hard to understand what what is the game to go to because um, well, so the use of antibiotics. I mean, we can little self experiments. So it yeah. sounds like you're not sick. How's your How's your gut doing? How are you feeling eating wise, energy wise? I feel all right. Um, I will say that I need to pump some more probiotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, uh, my Scooby, which is the, um, the bacterial culture that grows in a kombucha bottle. My Scooby died, um, s- probably about six months ago. Mm. It was a sad day. It molded over, mm. uh, got, uh, had it too close to up. the, yeah, I had it too close to the garbage realized mm. that was, uh, Ooh. it's a, it's almost a direct correlation the distance from the trash that the bottle is because huh. you get this mold that generates in your trash and then um you know talk about bacteria flying through the air exactly you know think of it like the artillery in world war 2 you know some bacteria they got the railgun out they got an 86 centimeter shell or something that mm-hmm. they're you know th- that's the long shot they're they're trying to they're trying to bust they're trying to hit paris from the front lines sort of a thing yeah they're they're and really launching they're really they're really cranking and if you leave your your kombucha close enough for that long the bacteria have the chance to set up the infrastructure mm. they have the ability to redirect the Get behind railroad lines. ties yeah, because the railgun Germans had this one gun where they would actually build a railroad in to take it because it was like two railroad cars long. It was, um, I believe, it was like an eighty-six centimeter gun, which is like almost several feet mm-hmm. around a shell that large. It's like that's just metal just metal going oh my god they would shoot six miles or something like that it was like ridiculous anyway i don't know i'm not old enough to where i can quote the history channel such that like i've been a retired man who only cares about world war ii and world war one yet i have Mm -hmm. said on the podcast i've said it once i'll say it again i have to thank the world for the previous world wars for making me pay attention in history class because gosh without those wars not a lot going on there was not a lot going on nope nope yeah, I mean, you get that, you get slavery, which, again, that's a war, so it's the theme of war. Pretty boring. I wonder what, yeah. so what do you think in a hundred years, what the, what what is going to be the the history? I don't know. To I do like know. world I, wars. I know. I do know to the victor go the spoils, so... Um, whoever wins writes history. For so sure. what's crazy is to think about the fact that if let's just say hypothetically, um, Ruth Get- Bader Ginsburg croaks, mm-hmm. tr- Trump man with the plan puts in another conservative justice. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even five four; it's six three. Yeah, that's tough. We're talking 20, 30 years of 
the courts that have a conservative agenda. We're talking new textbooks at this point. We're talking Trump being thrown Trump. into the realm of Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, guaranteed. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine young kids learning about Donald Trump as if he were Theodore Roosevelt, the person who took us through World War II? Because that he would argue, he would argue that he should be the best president of all time, right? I mean, obviously, he's well, going he's, to do that. He know he's right? known most presidents. And he yeah. thinks that if any, he said if they've told knows. him that he's the best president. So he's <laughs> he's the best president. Uh, so let's say 30, 20, I don't know, 10 years from now, you, you read it, you open up a textbook. And let's be real. The United States education system does not reinvent their textbook every 10 years. It's got to be at least 20. I mean, these no. guys are slow. Oh, man. Holy cow. Anyway, that's another conversation. But um, and it says and it's just celebrating his actions. Can you imagine, given the amount of like slander that it would just be such a one eighty from the media perception of um, yeah, because the media will all be gone. I think. Oh yeah, the all only of this thing, conjecture will have only, will have washed out. The only thing though is there's going to be some people that are way over on the left side that are going to be having an absolute conniption. Oh yeah. Yep. Conniption. But you know what it comes down to? Who is selected for the publisher for that textbook? Oh, I, And oh, whoever yeah. is the director of education is choosing the textbook. Oh, so it's, if it's the regime, you oh, know what I'm saying? So oh, I, no. It's, I'm just saying it's going to turn, again, it's going to turn into a, a, a divisive thing. But, man, it's you're you're right, or I think your hypothesis is right to say, it could go one way and one way only. And, and as we're watching the democratic primaries of today, mm-hmm. watching the cluster that it is. And thank God some people finally dropped out because it's a little less of a cluster now. Oh yeah. It's yeah. you can actually have a little bit more foresight into what it's going to look like as a party. And I'm, it's interesting that, I mean, you can kind of feel the steam going out of people's engines right now. Yeah, definitely. And it would go the exact same way if it if the Democrats were in power, but the reality is they're not. So we're not entertaining that as a potential reality mm-hmm. right yeah. now. We'd be talking about this on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. If there was a challenger, I mean, it's it's just the nature of the system right now. Exactly. And it's and the propagator to, of the pendulum going one direction and then pissing a bunch of people off and then it's shooting the other. Much just like, like we talked about, light, dark. Yeah. Not, yep. not that one side's dark just it goes back and forth and much like the um the great textbook debate of our time was whether or not you should have creationism in (laughs) textbooks or not i mean let's let's put this in context here this is fairly recent that we've decided to stop teaching people that the earth was created in seven days (laughs) yeah i know that, that was a contentious that was a contentious item 10 years ago, maybe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty recent in terms of having a state-sponsored education that entertains the idea that creationism could also be a way that it occurs. I yeah. Mean, yeah, so if, if that it were, it may not be 20, 30 years from now. It could be 200 years that they'll get around to this 
you know, to this thing. But I don't know. I think the pace of information and the pace of education is changing such that like we're gonna have these spats so much more quickly. I would hope so. You know? Yeah, yeah. we'd we'd kind of storm it and figure out a solution quicker than it just kind of being rewritten a long time ago or a long time after. Yeah, and granted that was like um I would say Christ's existence and um, you know, people's dedication to the Bible is probably more deep seated than their hatred for Trump, but that's that that could be even money. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. We're, <laughs> don't we're, know. we're <laughs> now we're getting into <laughs> prediction of two like what's a deeper rooted thing. And ironically enough, I would say if the scales are balanced, are the people on either side of those balancing each other? Mm, probably. Probably. You know, Probably. it's usually pretty, you're pretty safe to say there's pretty far right, pretty far left, and the distribution is pretty even. The bell curve's pretty hard to argue with. Let's let's get some, let's get some three-dimensional parties going, though, right? Okay, we got right, we got left, let's get... Get oh, a well, triangle going, the we most, don't, we're the most actually... powerful shape in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's even just 2D. We're 1D right now. We're just functioning on a on a line segment. Yeah, we're right? doing the the least the least powerful. We're, we're the, yeah, totally. Yeah. We we have a bridge over troubled waters and we've yeah. decided to put a stick down. Yeah. I got it. Let's do that. <laughs> let's have let's have one side Which over side here. Which side do you want to go on? How about you go on the other side? And when I'll you go, go across the bridge, everybody can see. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that would be a logical way to shake things up, but I just the I I don't think our political system is yet we're, is ready for that. No, but you look at and again, it's unfair to compare the United States to a country like Germany where there's you know seven political parties, um, and because of the fact that it's a such smaller, so small, so much smaller, so much more homogeneous that yep. the differences between the party are rather small because mm -hmm. you know it's not as much variation in the population so yeah. you don't have to default to these like easily identifiable things mm -hmm. that's our own that's our own our own thing to deal with and we'll continue to deal with it yeah know? yeah that's our problem as in you know as the evolving nation we kind of have to figure that out yeah so i mean we've been we've been on the political train so let's just introduce the idea just in case we don't get usurped because um there was a barstool podcast that broke this story about mm -hmm. the Mormons and I'm going to table it until after we have this conspiracy theory discussion because I'm sure there's some other podcasts that have broken it before. There's a lot of theories out there that the United States had something to do with implanting coronavirus mm -hmm. because there have been vaccines that the United States was developing for this particular strain for years mm -hmm. and apparently all of the funding dried up so they stopped developing these vaccinations and so you know there's some conversation there's conjecture about conjecture excuse me about whether or not Trump or the United States, the whatever, or NATO, States. or whatever, because of the negotiations with China, took advantage of their weak health infrastructure and implanted a highly contagious virus that would essentially drive their entire economy to an MFing halt 
during the middle of a trade negotiation. I mean, if if I we're mean, thinking about have, it objectively, you couldn't have drawn it up negoti- any better than that. Holy shit! If you're shit. negotiating a deal, talk about a absolute wrench to throw in the system. Is well, we are going to take your knees out in the middle of this and see how you respond. Yep. And, you know, look at what it's doing to the U.S. businesses. Now they're talking about how do we get India involved? How do we, you know. Diversification. diversification I mean, it's like, hey, huge... we're going to re- we're going to destroy our reliance on your entire economy almost over this, the course of one quarter. And on the international scale, that's ridiculous. And it's. And it's happening. Happening. It's very much happening. It's not. It's and it's something that when you look at the information objectively and you've been in some type of negotiation, it's almost like writing a song. You can just see how the progression of it mm -hmm. occurs, especially given this extremely long protracted sort of like uh, negotiation period where they were foreshadowing like we're going to screw with China for a really effing long time. So a lot of manufacturers had a ton of opportunity to Mm. get out and to diversify to other countries. And then the hammer all of a sudden comes down in the middle of this. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. All I'm saying it's, it just, it begs the question of what type of warfare are we talking about here? You know, we were talking about wars and we talk about cyber war, of that's something that's going on that nobody really knows about. Um, but I think we, this could be a form of, some type of advanced form of warfare that if you can implant something and prove it. I mean, the United States has been assassinating leaders for 50 we're a, years. We're a wily bunch. We've, we've done this without the public knowing and under the direction of our leader, fearless leader. So presidents have known and have signed off on, and this is before the Obama drone killings. And Obama had the drone killing program. And I think uh, other leaders have taken advantage of these types of, uh, of this type of uh, executive power. And I think we can, we, we can entertain the idea that this may be happened. There are certainly going to be folks who draw the um, who draw the connection like us, and I was I was talking about this point with uh, my significant other, and she was saying that it really terrifies because um, there will be repercussions. I mean, you don't do something first of all, whether or not they can ever trace it to the United States, very debatable. Which for me is like, if we would make a measure and do that 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 aggressively you would have to be pretty well be fucking sure that that would 100 percent yeah certain. it would have to be yeah bulletproof bulletproof but the reality is it only matters if the chinese think we did it because if the chinese think we did it then they're going to respond at some point at mm-hmm. some point and then elisa was she was oh you know i'm scared for what's going to happen because of you know they're obviously going to interpret this as American aggression as opposed to our own lack of health infrastructure, right? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely... Well, it's a way to rationalize <laughs> right? like, the event as, as, not uh, my as a fault. Yeah. yeah, it's not oh, my I fault. I didn't do this. Exactly. Like, so this has been an attack. Just, just wait until they, or maybe they don't, maybe this thing spreads across and 
Well, maybe they it's need, like it's like smallpox in the nineteen, you know, or the eighteen hundreds, and everybody needs to actually get it before they <laughs> get any, any, you know, it done. But um, I don't know. Just wait for the internal dialogues of the, you know, the Chinese state-run media to start saying, "Oh, it was the United States who did it." Just oh, the retaliation. What they're going to mount is, is, is really. It is scary. It is scary to think about the consequences of simply a narrative, a narrative like that. No, it, it has nothing to do with truth or fact, which we truth. Well, it could have nothing to do. Yeah. It could have something to do and it also could have absolutely nothing. Yeah. The, it, it really doesn't matter. That's no. the thing is yep. it doesn't, it doesn't ha- matter. It doesn't matter what the relevancy spin. is, but it's, it's spin and it's a decision by a leadership, a decision by a group of people that says, this is the direction we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And that direction pulls us towards some scary, like Cold War type face-off. In, you know, yeah, very much, very Cold War esque. I would say this mm-hmm. is, which is why I think if we had any hand in it, there would be no possible way that could have been detected or one would think and one would hope, but you never really know. You um, don't. You don't, especially so, with our. With the trigger guy, you know, you think with the, the team. Yep. Totally. You know, it's just, they're probably Patriots, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So perhaps instead of, uh, us doing the old duck and cover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of the 1950s, we'll be trained to cover your nose and cough, <laughs> you know, wash your hands, wash your hands. I don't know. Maybe they will be actually, it was hilarious. I was listening to Minnesota public radio and, um, they were talking about one of the last remaining mask manufacturers in the United States, like 0.05% of the mask, the surgical masks that come to the United States healthcare market are made in the United States. And there was this security breach. There was there was actually a dude who worked for this company who had been trying to get the ear of the United States government saying, this is a security risk. Mm. You need to pay several cents more for these masks because you need this economy in the event of biological warfare. And all of a sudden, this guy looks like an absolute effing genius. And mm-hmm. I should have bought stock. But wait it out. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you just got to wait these things out. Yeah, when you're term bets. when you're on a line, you got to stay true wait through the thick and thin. If you don't believe waver, you're on, wait it out. Don't waver. Don't believe whatever what anybody else says, well, us included. I was yeah, no kidding. Don't believe what we say, but I think the I was reading I've been listening to this other podcast and it's on an investor who he said our society does not reward pessimism. It rewards optimism. Yeah. And the way he was talking about it is if limited liability companies and all of these things have set up the kind of proceeds to say, take risks and go for it. Hmm. Like the humans have evolved to not be, to be, you know, oh, if there's a tiger that's behind me, if I worry about it, I stay alive. But that's not the case anymore because our survival is not dependent on us avoiding these like accidents our cars are safe you know we're we're getting safer so what we're what you're finding is optimism is rewarded think of these leaders steve jobs 
Sure. They're very optimistic. They push their agenda. They believe. And if they have a belief, they hold on it and they keep going for it. So he was just saying, you could go out and get lots of money from investors and try it out. If they'll pay you, go for it. Like it's, this is the world. It's we an live optimism in. economy. It's now. the op- now is yeah. the optimism economy, not the pessimistic mm-hmm. economy. Cause that mm-hmm. losing money and saving and all this stuff, like there are ways around it. Well, it's become when, when you have negotiated yourself out of the food chain, mm-hmm. realistically, yeah. you know, I mean, pessimism isn't a major consideration anymore because pessimism, ah, interesting. Pessimism doesn't reward you don't get rewarded for pessimism because we've done such a good job of negotiating all of the risks out of our lives for sure yeah so mental health emerges as the pessimistic back seat driver of society the new worry the new worry the existential worry. The new pessimistic. The new I'm afraid balance. of a lion attacking me. Mm. The mutation of that very real, very deep-seated, very learned behavior. Worried learn. Which is worried learn, worried preparation, worried consideration. I need to be worried about something. I need to be worried about something in order to preserve my existence. Mm-hmm. Mental health, boom, comes to the table. Here it is. And the healthcare system is just like, hell yeah, (laughs) money, 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 money. (laughs) We've been waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, Scan your credit card here. Tell me all about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'd say we've got at least 10 to 15 more years of that. Of uprooting the gene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, or or the transmutation because right mm-hmm. now it's too deep seated. I mean, it's well, you know. I think what's interesting is I think we humans are are getting the ability to adapt and evolve quicker because of certainly the transmutation information. of information. Yep, all this yep. stuff. So I think we're on a better path to be able to transition into this. But I think there is. You think of like a group of people. There's a lot of humans or people, and we can just talk about America, that are kind of getting past this. They're figuring out how to identify, how do I deal with my own There are, but issues. I w- we are in the first mover. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. that, like there's, there's waves of this. Yeah. And there's always going to be... A, we haven't crossed the chasm yet. No, not even close. No. I mean, we're, we're in so early adopter phase, or yeah. we're in early adopter phase yep. is what I mean. And there's a whole host of people that are still sitting in there and again this is just i think how species evolve is you have kind of these early adopters that are out running around trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work they're the testers Mm -hmm. and then there's the people that are like i'm i'm not gonna do that it doesn't work for me you know they're they're late you gotta wait for them to die they're late to change i don't know what (laughs) some of them that's probably what's gonna happen yeah yeah. people just i'm gonna be one of those people at some point Straight up. At some point, I'm going to be like, I'm done. I'm not learning another phone. I mean, uh, you see it. <laughs> think, think about how tired you get when a new change comes across. Like, I mean, it's just, it's exhausting for well, people to continue yeah. to reinvent themselves all the time. There's only so much that people can do, but. Oh, I'm already of, tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, but the length of time that people 
use to reinvent themselves, I agree with you, is shortening mm -hmm. because of the availability of information. So, yeah. I mean, It'll be interesting to see what it's happens. Good, it's a good time to be alive. I'll it's a great you time to be alive. I'm glad we're optimism. Yeah, the it's the optimism economy. Day. And the optimism economy comes <laughs> just in case you find yourself in a sticky situation and you need somebody in your corner, somebody who's always got your back, the guy mm -hmm. down low who's always catching rebounds. They're high up off the glass. They're going up and getting them. They're providing boxing you. Boxing out the big man. They're providing you with that extra shot. He's the guy that's boxing out the sweaty guy down low. Down Nobody low. wants that. He's taking one for the team just for you. And you know what those are? Those are Jess Brown underwear. Go to www.justbrownunderwear.com. Get yourself a pair. And catch us next week on the Rumpus Room Podcast.